Hello and welcome back to the last in this special series of the Food Foundation's Right to Food podcast in collaboration with Delicious Magazine. I'm Julie Smith and I'm helping a group of young people who work with the Food Foundation to campaign for a better food system. And we're looking back over the last year at some of the failings that COVID has revealed and how to fix them. People with obesity have had much worse outcomes, um, including complications um, and, you know, a higher, a higher rate of death as well. This week, I'm joined by 16-year-old Abby from Wigan and 11-year-old Charlie from London to look at how to change the messaging about junk food and create an appetite for healthier food. Well, a lot of the time with junk food, it's always got some sort of advertising or partnership behind it. I mean, for example, McDonald's, they'd always be partnering with the big films, the big franchises that were coming out um, with toys, gimmicks, all of this stuff that you really, really want. Charlie and Abby are just two of the young people who the Food Foundation has been consulting for fresh new ideas, how everyone can get access to better food. Food advertising, especially on healthy food, is very influential, especially on TV, because children can be more easily influenced by what's around them and then they'll want that more and it's kind of encouraging them to eat more unhealthy foods so if they had the option then they'd go for the unhealthier option and if children are taught this at a young age they'll carry it through their life. But as they discuss where to start with a fight against junk food they find it's not as straightforward as you might think. Yeah especially Uh, With the current climate and global warming, I think that um, fast food plays a big part in this and especially all the the materials that are used to make the products and even the packaging to sell them. A lot of them are not reusable in any way. So they end up just going to landfill, which is causing a bigger problem. Obviously, the... Like non-reusable and single-use plastic that they use is bad. But I also think that a lot of the red meat, for example, a lot of the mass-produced cows can release a lot of methane into the air. And on the other hand, we've got other species that might, might live in a habitat like a coral reef or a rainforest decrease in population. We need to make a change now before it's too late. And then the next generation catches on, which will just lead into an even bigger problem. Why can't we see healthy food just across social media, on the TV, just everywhere that we look? Abby and Charlie have taken up the baton to find out how to promote healthier eating and to connect the way we eat with obesity, junk food culture and the bigger picture of the impact of food production on the planet. They started with the facts about the relationship between junk food and health. Caroline Cherney is from the Obesity Health Alliance and Abby asked her why it matters that children change their eating habits. Well in the UK now um, there are really high rates of overweight and obesity among school children Um, so we know that by the time children in England leave primary school so when they're aged around 11 or 12 um, over a third of children now have a weight that's classified as overweight or obese and that's a real problem because we know that children um, who have excess weight are much much more likely to become adults with obesity Um, and once they become adults those health problems really start to come into, into play things like type 2 diabetes 
disease. Um, obesity increases the risk of some cancers, heart disease, liver disease, and it has big impacts on people's mental health as well. And this is really apparent for children as well. So for example, we know that children with obesity are much more likely to be bullied and to have low self-esteem. There's increasing evidence now as well that shows it could affect their educational outcomes and even change, you know, what sort of jobs they go for in the future. So it's a really, really big problem. So what has COVID revealed about obesity? Well, this last year has been a real turning point um, for how we think about the problem of obesity. Um, we've always known that it, it you know, increases the risk of these health problems in the longer term. Um, but in the last year, we've really seen in sharp focus the, the impact that obesity has on um, health in the very, very short term as well. Um, and that's been played out by response to the COVID pandemic. Um, so people with obesity have had much worse outcomes, um, including complications um, and, you know, a higher, a higher rate of death as well um, and that's because obesity you know affects all parts of the body um, and so it, it kind of makes sense really that a disease that's so associated with the respiratory system would be impacted from from people um, from carrying excess weight. We know that our food habits have changed over lockdown more people have been cooking and eating together and we've seen a boom in baking but we've also seen a massive rise in home deliveries with all those hidden fats and sugars. Just Eat increased its marketing budget by 158% as the demand for food delivery ramped up over the last year. Abby asked Caroline if the impact on obesity data is in yet. It's too early to see what the actual impact is um, on obesity rates, but we've certainly seen some very worrying markers that suggest it might be going um, in a in a negative direction. Um, we've seen lots of different um, survey data showing that people are snacking more, um, eating more biscuits, um, ordering more takeaways, um, and we're seeing that reflected as well in um, you know the sales figures of some of the, the delivery companies and the sales figures of of crisp and you know and biscuit companies. Um, we also know that children in particular have suffered from um, the lockdown restrictions in terms of how much they're able to get out of the house and um, then maybe not be walking to school or scooting to school anymore. Um, in some cases, playgrounds have been closed um, and that's all going to have a real knock on effect on, you know, how much children move because they don't exercise you know, in the same way that adults do. They exercise through play. Um, and when those opportunities to play have been limited, you know, it's very likely there is going to be a negative impact that we see. Do you think junk food advertising can affect obesity? Well, obesity is really complex. Um, so we know that there are a number of different factors that make some people much more predisposed to gaining weight than others. Um, they can be things to your, around to your genetics, um, your mental health, your, you know, your, your childhood experiences. Um, some eating disorders, for example, um, are much more likely to put people at risk of obesity. Um, and, but the really big factor is the environment that we live in. And food is never scarce. You know, it is just there constantly. And some people find it easier than others to, you know, to ignore that, to, to not respond to the constant cues to eat. Um, but some people, and, you know, this is likely to be due to their genes, they are much more responsive to things like advertising. They find it much harder to know when they're full up um, because their bodies aren't giving them the right signals. Um, so it's really quite unfair, I think, to say to people, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to push all this, this, you know, really clever, slick advertising at you. We're going to put cheap food on, you know, buy one, get one free deals we're going to surround you with all these cues that normalize eating that tell you you deserve it that tell you this is a treat um, and then we're going to blame you because you can't you know you can't stay a healthy weight that's that you know that's just really unfair the government has pledged to reduce childhood obesity by half by 2030 so what should it do to make healthier food accessible to everyone abby had an idea 
Do you think that the government should encourage more positive food advertising? Do you think that would help? The key thing to understand here is is to meet that goal. We need lots and lots and lots and lots of of complementary actions. Um, marketing is really important, you know, and switching up the marketing environment to focus on healthier food will be a really key part of reaching that goal. But it needs to be accompanied by lots and lots of other measures as well. When it comes to the factors that, that prevent obesity, it's not about the government telling people what to do. Um, evidence is very clear that doesn't work. Um, and some people, you know, because of where they live, um, or the, the, the conditions their lives are in that, you know, they, they cannot follow those kinds of instructions. It is, you know, it's just unfeasible. So what the government needs to do is look at the things that are in its control, um, change the default settings. So the same, the same opportunities are available to everybody. So it's not, not, not about, you know, the onus on people to choose a certain type of healthy food, because for some people, that that choice might not be available because of where they live or how much money they've got. It's about making those healthy, attractive options available to everybody. Um, and the government can do that through regulation. The problem with with marketing is, you know, it's very clever. People that work in these industries are really creative. Um, and as we, you know, we, we shut the door on one type of marketing, you know, doors open on, on all sorts of other things as well. So along with tackling online advertising and TV advertising, we need to look at things like sports sponsorship. We need to look at um you know, out of home adverts on buses and, you know, bus tickets, similar to the way that, that Transport for London has switched up their advertising um, to healthier um, foods. We need to look at the food offer that's available um, to young people um, and the price of that food as well um, to make sure that, you know, healthy and attractive food is, is affordable for young people. Um, we need to look at um, labelling um Active travel, you know, more more opportunities for people to to get out and and move around in spaces that are attractive and that they feel safe in. Um, these are all really important factors, and we we need to do you know lots and lots and lots of things. But I think to do all of that, we need to create this environment, and that's what the role of government is. Um, it's all very well telling people to do the right thing, but that hasn't worked. You know that we spent the last thirty years doing that, and it hasn't worked. Um, the government need to really you know grasp the mantle on this and understand that they have a really important role to play in creating that environment that enables people to be healthy. So it's clear that we need to change the conversation and that positive advertising and in-store promotions can successfully change the way we eat. The Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, introduced an initiative for Transport for London in 2019 with positive messaging about food and drink on its tube, bus and train tickets, reaching around 31 million people every day. Caroline Cherney says it's a vital part of the mix. So what Transport for London have done is amazing. Um, and it's, you know, re really showing the rest of the country, you know, what can be done at, at a local level. Um, so um, the Mayor of London decided that um, too many young people were being exposed to too many unhealthy adverts, you know, when they're out and about on their way to school at really, you know, critical times in their day. Um, so took the really bold decision to say, right, okay, you know, well, rather than have all these adverts for junk food, let's make sure that the food adverts we show um, on our, you know, on our buses, on our trains, on our tubes are only for healthier foods. Um, and, you know, kudos to them, it, it did it. And, you know, we, we immediately saw a shift and it was amazing just, you know, walking through London um, and seeing, you know, seeing all those those different types of adverts, not seeing, you know, unhealthy food adverts, you know, everywhere we go. Um, so we're expecting um, a full evaluation of that to be published fairly soon. Um, and we're hearing really promising things about it. Um, you know, we already know that 
Um, you know, the big concern would be that, that TFL would see a big drop in revenue because they weren't getting the money from all the unhealthy food adverts. And we knew fairly early on that wasn't the case at all. Um, TFL said actually they saw a slight increase um, in, in ad revenue just after the, the policy came in. So it was win-win, you know, win for the economy and win for health. But what about the massive and largely unregulated advertising platforms on social media? 16-year-old TikTok star Charlie D'Amelio has partnered with Duncan to develop and advertise the Charlie, a cold coffee drink with three pumps of caramel swirl. Don't get me wrong, there's a problem on TV. Our, you know, family viewing time is stuffed full of fast food adverts. But online is just, you know, another kind of big hidden problem and increasingly we're seeing you know the likes of these really high profile influencers working with the fast food brands um they're putting out videos and social media content but it's not always really easy to tell that it's advertising and um, we we spoke to some young people the other day um in a focus group and and they were telling us that even you know when they're on youtube researching their homework the videos pop up constantly um, and you can skip them, you know, you have the opportunity to skip them after a few seconds. But but one girl was saying, well, it's too late by then, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen the food and it's made me want it. And um, one of the other young people told us that he gets more texts um, from one of the food delivery companies than he does from his grandma. Um, and they talked about how they, you know, they target you at four o'clock every afternoon as you're coming out of school. You'll get an email or you'll get a text, you know, with a money off offer, you know, something to, to kind of persuade you to, to order. It's an endless stream of creative content using the power of association with cool social media stars to sell junk food to kids. But what if the campaigners were to harness that power for good? They come from deep on the ground. In 2018, Food Foundation data revealed a shocking 80% of all children and 95% of teenagers were not getting the recommended five portions of fruit and vegetables a day. Joe Rowling of VegPower told us how their award-winning ad campaign was born of lateral thinking. People for years and years have been trying to um, change the way kids thought about vegetables and get them to eat more, but none of the previous campaigns had cut through. So at VegPower, we decided we were going to look at it in a totally different way. And we decided that we were going to try and use advertising for good. We knew that we know that advertising works because every brand in the world uses advertising to encourage people to consume more of their products. So we thought, well, hang on, why is so few, so little budget being put towards vegetables? And what would happen if we actually decided to advertise vegetables? It had to be on TV. And as luck would have it, ITV had just created a social purpose department and were looking for one or two campaigns a year that would really shift the dial. I went in to see them and they were amazingly engaged. By the end of that meeting, they said that they were they wanted to partner up on a campaign with us. And they came through with over two million quids worth of free advertising space um, on their on the ITV, but not only was it advertising space, it was they were offering prime time slots in their biggest entertainment shows. But we still needed to go out and find some brilliant creative people to work on the idea, and we needed some money. So we reached out with, to an agency called Adam and Eve, who are one of the best uh, creative agencies in London, um, and I went knocking on their door saying, 
don't suppose you could help, could you? Uh, had a meeting with their um, MD and Matt Goff, and he said, it's amazing you've walked in today because it's our 10 year anniversary. And actually, we're looking for something good that we can do. So media space, tick, creative, tick. But as Charlie found out, Joe still needed a production budget. How did you raise the money to make the ads? I said, well, hang on. Surely the retailers are going to want to do this. And I remember everyone looking at that, looking at me and slightly shaking their heads going, you're never going to get the retailers to all do something together because, of course, they are actually in competition with each other. And I said, well, if we don't ask, we won't know. So we started reaching out to the retailers and it was an amazing response. One by one, they came on board. Ten of the major retailers, for the first time ever, I think, they were all prepared to work together for the good of vegetables and for good of children. So we had a dream team on board. How did you come up with the idea? We knew that the problem with veg was that kids just don't like them. They think they're a bit disgusting um, and they normally push them around their plate and they don't really want to eat them. So we thought, well, hang on a second. All previous campaigns have done made the, made the vegetables singing and dancing under rainbows or they've tried to make it all very jolly and happy, happy, wonderful. And we thought, well, what if we do something totally different? What if we turn it on its heads? What if we make the vegetables the baddies and the kids the heroes, i.e. evil vegetables are invading the world and the only way these the, the kids can stop them is to eat them to defeat them. The moment we had that idea and we came up with a tagline, eat them to defeat them, our campaign was born. You're going down, peas. I'm going to kill you, broccoli. Water makes them strong. Evil vegetables attacking cars. Sunlight fuels their power. You know, the tomato battle. And they will stop at nothing until they've taken over the world. Yahoo! We caught their imagination and made them the heroes. They were the ones who were going to go out and be the superheroes who were going to save the world from the vegetables. For years, the grown-ups have been keeping the veg invasion at bay. But they can't do it alone. They need your help, kids. You're going down, peas. It's crunch time. Get soup. I'm helping to defeat them. Join the fight. Eat them to defeat them. It was an action spoof horror movie tapping into the gaming habits of kids who love nothing better than a shootout. The impact was phenomenal, with cinema screenings, billboards and bus stop posters. Vegetables were everywhere. And it was the beginning of an unlikely but rather beautiful relationship. We had all lots and lots of ITV talent who came on board. So not only did we have a huge number of chefs and social media influencers who were backing our campaign, but we also had ITV talent. So we had um, the likes of Anton Deck and uh, Will I Am and the, the X Factor judges. I mean, that is money can't buy. ITV have been the most extraordinary partner to us and really um, it's a match made in heaven. And I remember the heady days of that first year thinking, is this really happening? Are all these people really doing this for nothing, for the sake of humble veg? 81% of school staff surveyed reported that the Veg Power campaign was more successful than any previous campaigns to eat more healthily. Between February 19 and January 20, there was an increase of £63 million in extra vegetable sales. That equated to 
over half a million extra children's portions of veg. So we really are pleased with the results. And it just shows that actually advertising can be used to inspire kids and to lead to long-term sustainable change. Thanks for listening to Right to Food in collaboration with The Delicious Podcast and to Charlie, Abby and all the young people who work with the Food Foundation to campaign for better access to healthier food for everyone. You can find out much more at foodfoundation.org and listen to Right to Food on Food FM and wherever you find your podcasts.